Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. He knows Xander's in a happy place. He's an ice chewer. He's actually gotten many of our friends on the ice chewing game. But we're here to talk sports. We're not here to talk ice and the consistency that we like to have it at. We're going to start with college basketball, which isn't Wits' forte. I did have Wits watch a game with me. We had a great game with the Kansas. I believe it was Oregon. It was not Oregon. Whoever it was, Kansas. It was Tennessee. Tennessee. I don't know why I couldn't remember. I guess because I took the W on that bet, which was fantastic. But we had, I got him to watch Kansas-Tennessee so he can get his first look at college basketball and what it's going to take to get to March Madness this year. We're just going to go through the power rankings to start it off, and we're going to kind of close in on some news and details around the sports world before, of course, we finish our show with our half-assed picks that we've come down to. Xander, and I know it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know who number, the number one team in the country is, and that is Gonzaga. They beat Duke. Obviously, in the Maui Invitational, they ride the number one ranked spot. They have a tough game at Creighton, and they they have a game at home against Tennessee on December 9th. So they've got a bit of a road test ahead. Maybe they'll come out of that unscathed and really prove to be this Gonzaga force that Mark Few has been building up for years and years that maybe is worthy of a national championship win, finally. So Gonzaga, number one, are you liking them early on, or are they just going to be a mid-major team to you that loses in the March Madness pool? No, I really like Gonzaga early on. Um, I think they showed a lot to me in the Duke game, obviously. I mean, even if they were to have lost that game at the very end, um, that showed me a lot that they could play with a team as talented as Duke. I mean, there, there's really not many teams that have, you know, that kind of talent that Duke has. I mean, I'd put, definitely put Kansas up there. Um, I think Virginia's a very good team. I think Michigan's very good, but Duke's pretty upper echelon. Uh, so I think, I think Gonzaga... Um, you know, not only with Mark Few as a head coach, but the experience, um, just that program is a very good program, even as a mid-major program. Um, so I think they're going to go pretty far. I think we'll find them, um, you know, in the top five the rest of the year. I think they're that good of a team. Um, I'm, I'm expecting a one seed, honestly, out of them, and I think they'll definitely be worth it. Um, I think you can make an argument that Kansas could be ranked number one right now, too, Um they're five and zero. They're playing some great basketball, and like you mentioned, the game we watched versus, versus Tennessee was awesome. Um, the game went into overtime, came down to the wire. Um, and Tennessee's a very good team as well. Um, I'm forgetting the names, but Admiral, uh, I think Schofield is that his name? Did I get it right? Schofield, 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 and um, they have another big man. I think they have, they might have the best 
big man front court combo in college basketball. Um, the very good basketball team. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little more familiar with the, with the college basketball landscape because I did see the end of the Duke Gonzaga game, but. Well, like let me get see- let let me get other people caught up as well with the landscape since we've been on the Gonzaga bandwagon now for a little bit. Kansas, like you said, cover my bet. They're still not a prolific scoring team. They have a great guard set. I understand that Azubuike is kind of a force down low, but he did foul out in that game, which showed to be a problem. I know they did cover and finish where they were, but Kansas is going to have trouble down the lines in terms of keeping up and scoring. Duke, number three, they had that one loss to Gonzaga. They have kind of an easy way until conference play. They have Stenson, Hartford, and Yale finishing that off. We get Virginia, who I know I was rough on them, and I'm sure you were rough on them in the way that they lost to a 16th seed in the NCAA tournament. Not only were they the number one overall seed, they were one seed, and that uh, that's never been done before. But this Virginia team looks legit, and they took it to Maryland, and they took it to Wisconsin, and they showed the Big Ten that, hey, the ACC is going to dominate. I like Virginia. I really think they're going to bounce back. I don't think they I think they can win the national title. And Jared Rubin's going to come at me because I've been doubting this for a while, but the way I've seen them play, their defense is outstanding and they have the scores necessary to win in March Madness time. So Virginia is definitely my team that I love right now. Obviously, I'm a Dukie just because of Zion, but we got Nevada who's going to have a great game here in Southern California against the USC Trojans. I would love to get Landon or Sammy Cohen's opinion on how they feel this USC Nevada game is going to go because Nevada's still undefeated. I think this is a great test. They're going to run through a couple Pac-12 teams before they get into conference play, which inevitably will finish undefeated. So Nevada's got a big game to show if they're real. I know they got those twins, but they're going to need to compete against a tough conference. We got Tennessee at six, who just took the loss to Kansas. I don't see they should fall very far. We have Michigan, who just played UNC and demolished them by 17 points. It was unbelievable that Michigan has been performing at the level that they're performing at. And I need to know, what are we feeling about Michigan and UNC at this point? And I'm sure you didn't catch a lick of the game. All you need to know, the score differential was 17 points. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of time for overreaction first few weeks of the NCAA season. And, you know, the one thing that really matters is you make it to the tournament. Um, And I'm never going to count out a Roy Williams coach team especially a team like North Carolina. I mean, they, they always have so much talent. So I know they got spanked by Michigan, but Michigan's on that little revenge tour, um, taking down everybody who doubted them last year. So they're, they're playing some great basketball. But I still like North Carolina. I think we're going to see a lot more develop, um, you know, the next month of the season. I think that's when we're going to find out, you know, our team's for real. Are they, you know, going to keep up with what we've seen as these first, you know, seven or eight games? Um, but, you know, you talked a little bit about Nevada. They're all the way up at number four in the power rankings here on ESPN. Um, wow. Gonna was, eat power rankings, not even the AP poll. This uh, is this is a new low wits. Not uh, even no. not all sports use power rankings. Uh, well, my sports do. Um, and I'm a power rankings guy. But Nevada, if you remember last year, they're were, they were one win away from going to the Elite Eight. And they lost that Sweet 16 game to Loyola. Unbelievable game. Talked about Virginia. Um no matter if Virginia goes undefeated, I'm still having some trust issues. I'm still having a lot of trust issues with Virginia after what they did last year. I feel like it'll never be the same. And even all the way up, if they get a number another number one seed again, I'm not going to feel comfortable until that final buzzer rings um, after the UM, UMBC debacle last year. Uh, a lot of brackets went down on day one there, so that was that was actually pretty awesome to see. But 
Um, one other team I'm looking at here, Roz, inside the top 10, what do you think of the Auburn Tigers? Um, you know, they're, I think they're the highest ranked SEC team out there. Um, do they have a chance to make a run here? I know they're six and one right now. Uh, so what, what do we think about the Tigers here? Well, since Tennessee is the highest ranked SEC team, you are not far off because they're not, six and Auburn's eight. Not in the power rankings, buddy. <laughs> I go by this the power rankings. This is because power rankings are not used on, uh, on judging formats or on live visuals when you're watching games. But the Auburn Tigers are eight. They played a close game against Duke. I think they're the best SEC team currently. They get to play UNC Asheville on December 4th, and then they host my Dayton Flyers. And Anthony Grant, one of our former guests of the show, reoccurring guest, <laughs> he, he'll be going <laughs> into Auburn time to take the W. But um, I do like Auburn of all SEC teams. I think they're going to go the farthest in the tournament. Obviously, it does depend on the draw. But I like your pick there with Auburn. I know you're not watching a whole lot, but Auburn definitely is the SEC squad. I like Michigan State rounding it up at 9. They will fall out after this week after losing overtime to Louisville, a program and a school that should be in shambles and not allowed to play sports after all the debauchery and all the other stuff that's gone on with Rick Pitino and Bobby Petrino. I don't know what's going on. The Italian mob had taken over Louisville, and I think they're trying to clean it up still. Kentucky rounds it off at 10. Nothing too impressive on their front. They're not even blowing out the teams they're supposed to be blowing out. And North Carolina falls to 11, obviously, after the two losses to Texas and to Michigan. Man, but that's all I got for the top 25. You sound like Stephen A. with all these accents on your uh, your words. you got to stay off the weed. Making sure that people hear what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is awesome. That's college basketball wrap, everybody. That is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge. If you miss a show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com. We'll be back after the break. What's up, what's up, everybody? I'm putting the hold on a debate which really wants to have because we have to talk college football first. We have to go over what happened last week. Not a whole lot changed other than Ohio State, of course, making the committee. But besides, them- wait, wait, wait. Besides that the playoff picture completely changed with Michigan getting knocked out of the top four. But go on, please. What, other, what changed other than Oklahoma just shifted up and Michigan fell out? There's well, still only Oklahoma and Ohio State in Georgia competing for that last spot. I mean, so. I, I think when you've got a playoff picture that's been set for three weeks and it changes, I think that's a major shift. I just think the Big Big Ten should be eliminated from the I completely picture. agree. Michigan, <laughs> for me, is snipped. Number one, you and you, te- you called me, you texted me, said number one defense, my ass. Michigan had the number one overall total defense in the nation. They did not give up 30. They did not give up 40. They did not give up 50. But they gave up 62 points to an Ohio State team that a lot of people were questioning. You know, did they even belong in the college football playoff conversation? Those questions were answered. I think Ohio State has definitely vaulted themselves back into the conversation of being in the college football playoff. But this was a, and there's no word to describe how crushing of a defeat this was for the Michigan Wolverines. Because this game wasn't even close, um, and getting outscored forty, no, excuse me, thirty-eight. I can't do math. Thirty-eight to twenty in the second half, unacceptable. Jim they just Harbaugh. didn't have anything going. It, once again, the offense wasn't there, and when the offense isn't there, for the defense to collapse at that extreme level, like blows my mind. You said it; they were ranked number one in those defensive categories. So where does it go? I mean, they're not playing a dominant Ohio State team. I mean, look at how this team has played in past weeks. I know they put up 50 against Maryland, but that was in an extended game because they went to overtime. I mean, 
Dwayne Haskins has been a shell of himself, and then look what he does against Michigan where he goes for 396 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, that's uh, absurd I, for uh, Michigan to allow that. He's had maybe a couple off, but he did break, you know, tie the Big Ten passing touchdown record last week. So, I mean, all they do is sling in Ohio State, so I'm glad he found his way to the end zone 40-something times. The fact that no Big Ten quarterback has ever thrown for 40 touchdowns in a season blows my mind. In the Big but Ten that, season? I mean, that it, it is throwing for like four touchdowns a game. That's... I. Get I've seen some great college quarterbacks, and you're telling me none came through the Big Ten. Obviously, Drew Brees went to Purdue. Obviously, there's those players. But no, I didn't how did they not throw? But I, I mean, that's, it's, I just blows my mind that he's the record holder for the Big Ten. Okay, regardless, um, we had rivalry week. Uh, whew, there were some there were some pretty good games. Oklahoma, West Virginia. That's um, the, that's an uh, um, game. You just watched, <laughs> and then it just kept going and going and going in terms of the score. Yeah, that very disappointing. Um, West Virginia had him plus three. Thought they had a, a good shot to win that game, but they couldn't pull through. Um, so Oklahoma keeps keeps themselves in the conversation. But we have to talk about, are they even worthy of the conversation? They've given up 40 points plus in the last three weeks. 56 to West Virginia this past week. That's, How is that a team you want to see in the postseason? It's the Big 12. It's seven on seven. They don't care about defense over there. So what happens when they run into Alabama? Like, oh, they're going to have to win. They have to add the four other players. They're going to have to win seventy-two to seventy, just or seventy-four seventy-two, just like uh, Texas A&M did this past week. I don't know if you got a chance to see that game, Roz, and uh, I didn't really get to watch except for some highlights. But seven overtimes. What a crazy, crazy, crazy game over there um, at Texas A&M. That's got to be. It's one for the record books. I mean, 146 points, um, and uh, Coach O got the got the ice bath. He got the Gatorade bath. They thought they won. Kellen Mond comes up and ties the game at the end of regulation, and seven overtimes later, we had 84 overtime points in that game. Um, it was awesome. It was one of the better I, college football insane. games I've ever seen. I know they went to seven overtime, so it makes sense that the overtime score alone was 43-41, to 41, which looks like a game in itself. I mean, that's incredible. And the ice, the early ice bath it was reminiscent of the Blue Miracle or whatever it was they kept showing all day where the ice bath came too soon and there was a penalty of some sorts. But um, it was an insane game to follow. It didn't make sense to me how everything worked out perfectly to extend it seven overtimes, how they would both miss the two-point conversion or how they would both settle for field goals. It just was set up for the highest scoring game of all time. I mean, neither of it really, or none of the after effects really matter. LSU wasn't going to be in it in Texas A&M. It's just a nice win for them at home for their new coach, Jimbo Fisher. But uh, the game that I'm interested in is USC holding down Notre Dame, keeping it within the 11-point spread. I know it was on a garbage-time touchdown, but Notre Dame only winning by seven and only scoring 24 points against USC. Yeah, well, I mean... It wasn't a one possession game, like you mentioned. It was a it was a garbage time touchdown with about thirty seconds left. So I, you know, still twenty four to ten wasn't like they were I, running I, away. No, they didn't run away. But you know, like I said, it's rivalry week. Uh, Led at halftime play. as well. They they did lead at halftime, but Notre Dame. I mean, playing well all year, haven't lost yet. And I know this USC team is not very good, but you figure if there's one game they might get up for, it'd probably be against Notre Dame. Um, I'm still confident that Notre Dame deserves a top four spot. Um, and interesting, we come here, uh, the Northwestern Wildcats are going to battle Ohio State this week for the Big Ten Championship oh, yeah, they will. after only beating the Fighting Illini by eight points 
last week. Um, what do you think about that game this week, Roz? Did Northwestern have a chance to take down the Buckeyes, or is this all the season just kind of a mirage for um, Pat Fitzgerald and the Wildcats? I would give a right toe to see a Northwestern beat Ohio State. I'm just over the Buckeyes. I'm over Columbus, Ohio. I'm over Ohio as a whole. I was there for four years, and their fans are just the most delusional people in the world. Um, so I'm ready. Give Northwestern and Evanston, Illinois, baby. Give it a Big Ten title. Send us to the Rose Bowl. Give us a New Year's Six. I love Northwestern. <laughs> You heard it here, baby, Northwestern. And this game is actually going to be played at Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts play in Indianapolis. Um, And looking at the top 25 this week, Roz, the slate is very thin because this is conference championship week. Um, So let's look at the Friday night game, uh, which actually got played yesterday, if you're listening to the show on Saturday morning. Utah going to Washington. Um, This game being played in Santa Clara. What do you think? Do the Huskies have enough to take it? I mean, neither of these teams is going to make the college football playoff, but we got Washington as a five-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Um, I tend to lean with Washington. I thought they were going to have a big year. This where I was looking at 11 wins. Looks like they, they might only get 10. But I thought they had an outside chance at the college football playoff. Losing to Auburn week one kind of really hurt their chances there. But they played some solid football as of late. Uh, but this is a very tight matchup, great conference matchup. But I, I do like the Huskies minus the five and a half in this one. Yeah, after Washington put the beat down on Washington State to cost me a few pennies, I think I'm going to have to ride with Washington here. They're just the best team in the Pac-12. I know they are only seven and two this year record-wise, but they are the best team by far and away. I like the five and a half. I'm going to go with the Washington Huskies. I mean, Jake Browning's been there for eight years, it seems like, and. Uh, He's going to keep up the the pace, although he's only thrown for 16 touchdowns this year and below 27.50 in terms of yardage. So we'll see how that all goes. I do like Washington, though, minus five and a half. All right, and then we move on to Saturday. Um, I think the most intriguing, eh, I'll say tied for first, most intriguing matchup to me, Texas um, against Oklahoma. This is at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Um, we all know Oklahoma is 11-1, and one, the one team they lost to, the Texas Longhorns. The over-under is 77.5, and, and I just don't know if that's enough. Um, <laughs> after the, just the Big 12 is just, I feel like if it, the over-under should be around 85 to 90 for each one of these games. Does Texas have enough mustard to knock off Oklahoma not once but twice in the same year, or is Kyler Murray... Um, you know, going to come out and really prove why, you know, the Sooners team should be in the college football playoff. I thought the seven and a half points was a little generous, Oklahoma. I know Texas has been playing a little bit down since that game. But uh, I like you said, I think this is going to be a good old-fashioned shootout. Uh, it'll be in Texas. I know Oklahoma will technically be the home team. So Texas should probably be able to bring out a nice crowd for their game. I don't know, man. I think this will be interesting. I don't think it's going to go over on the over-under. I know that that's really hard to bet upon, but I just think Oklahoma's defense, if they're going to win this game, is going to show up a little bit, slowing down Texas and Sam Ellinger. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if this was a 38-14 to game and people are like, whoa, we're 20 points short of the over-under. Why'd I go over? Um, 
But yeah, I, other than that, it would have to be a high-flying game for Texas to be able to compete because there's no way at the end of the day that they can give up possessions and let Kyler Murray go and score and they'll keep up. So yeah, if Texas looks to win, they're going to need to win it 59-56 like Oklahoma did over West Virginia last week. I agree. Okay, cool. Hook them. In the words of Tom Herman, that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM247.com. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are still in our college football grind. We obviously have the biggest game of the week coming up that we haven't discussed yet, Alabama-Georgia. But I just want to give a quick shout-out to Clemson and Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know Xander wasn't going to breeze over this one, but Clemson minus 27.5 against Pittsburgh. This game will be held in Charlotte, North Carolina. Closer to Clemson, I believe, geographically. I could be wrong, so fans, let me know. And uh, I think Clemson wins this by 40. <laughs> yeah, ugh, I don't like these games. Um, Clemson, I need to see them in the playoff. I do think they are the team that has the best chance to beat Alabama. Um, you look at up and down that roster, I think their front seven matches up with just about anybody in the country. Um so, you know, when you play a team like Alabama this year, especially this year, with how good their offense has been, it's you know, you gotta force them to make some mistakes. So we're gonna see a lot of that come into play against Georgia this week, um, for the SEC championship game. And Roz, I'm actually uh thirteen points. I'm I'm kinda feeling it this week. I think Alabama is gonna absolutely step all over Georgia. Um I think I think Tua is going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and I think Alabama is going to clearly show why they're the top dog in college football. I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, if they lose, are they out of the playoff? What's going to happen? And I think they're going to come to play. I love Alabama in this game. Um, even though this game is being played in Atlanta, Georgia, I think the Crimson Tide is going to show why they are clearly the best team in the country this year. If they cover the spread, you just said – good god because if they beat georgia the fourth ranked team in the country by that much i don't know who's going to compete with them when it comes to the playoffs and i know that's easier said than done for me to be like wow they blew out a four they haven't seen an acc team like clemson or they haven't seen notre dame i don't think notre dame should even show up to the field i think if notre dame gets the draw against alabama that's quickly a 54 to 13 finish <laughs> uh, but Alabama, Georgia, I, that spread is daunting. I mean, obviously they have the prolific quarterback and Tua Tagovailoa. I'm getting closer to pronouncing it right. And that was um, pretty good. 
and it, that hasn't been the case in recent Bama Georgia years. We did see them shut out LSU. I don't know if Jake Fromm is on on the same page of getting shut out. I think he's a better quarterback than LSU has. I think this game's closer than people think. I think for the fun of it, I'll take Georgia plus 13 and a half. But I won't be shocked, like you said, if Alabama comes out there and turns on the burners. Yeah, I mean, I'm just taking a look at Alabama and what they've done this year in their schedule. Just some absolute beatdowns and good trivia question. You know, who has scored the most points against Alabama this year? Any ideas? I'm going to have to go with Arkansas. Wow, good guess. Arkansas Razorbacks, 31 points, but, um, you know, Auburn, 52-21, Mississippi State, 24-0, LSU, 29-0, beat Texas A&M by 22 points. You know, this Alabama team has been on a roll. And Tua very rarely plays in the fourth quarter. That's how good they've been. Um, Yeah, this will be a fun game. There's a lot riding on this matchup, and that's kind of where I want to get your opinion. Um, You know, if Oklahoma wins the Big 12 in convincing fashion versus Texas, Alabama loses, are you going to put a one-loss Oklahoma team over this Alabama team? I would personally say, hell no. Right, we're not on the committee though, so we don't get to say that. I think the committee is going to be tough to sway. I'm on the, I'm on your side. I don't think a shot in hell should occur that Oklahoma makes it over Alabama in this year's college football playoff. Just look at the teams. I mean, them losing to Georgia doesn't mean they don't come back and spank them the next time they play. It's just, I it would be a crime if Alabama with this loss missed the postseason. And I'm not even really an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. I just know that they're the best team in college football, and you want the four best teams in the playoffs. So it'll so be he, tough. Here's, sure. a, here's a great question for you. Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Oklahoma and Ohio State both win their respective games. Who gets in, Oklahoma or Ohio State? I'd rather have Oklahoma because they had to prove it more – and by the way they score, I know their defense wasn't anything flashy, but Ohio State just didn't look very good. And the Big Ten as a whole didn't look very good. When you're Wisconsin, you lose at home to Minnesota, one of the worst teams in the conference, by double digits. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous a way to end the season. And just showed Wisconsin didn't have much class. But along with Michigan, I mean, honestly, Michigan's best wins were against Penn State. That's all you're going to tell me. And they can't get over the hump with Ohio State. And Wits was at that game. I think a lot had to do with Wits being in the stands there. I know. I think you added the juju. But, like, this Big Ten is brutal. And I don't care if you're saying they're beating on one another. It's not really beating on one another when you all suck and you you don't show up on certain days. It's not a matter of one team coming out and outperforming the other. It's a matter of which team didn't want to come play. And you see that with Ohio State. So Yeah, and, I mean, I'm looking at across the Big Ten right now – Penn State under underperformed, Michigan State underperformed, Wisconsin was horrible. Um, the, it's the big, worst Wisconsin team I think we've seen in our lifetime. Yeah, and the Big Ten West is, I mean, there's no facial expressions on the radio, but it's a it's a sheesh. Um, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Purdue, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, rounding out the bottom, Illinois, um, but. You know, say what you want about Ohio State. I know they had one just horrendous game versus Purdue, but I mean they've won every other game they've played in, and they do have some big wins. Um, remember, all the way back to Week Three, they beat a top fifteen TCU team forty to twenty eight. They beat at the time a top ten ranked Penn State team twenty seven twenty six. Um, 
beat on a Michigan State team who was ranked number 18, 26 to 6. So, you know, people are going to harp on Ohio State for not playing that great. But, you know, besides that one clunker at Purdue, they've, they've, you know, played pretty decent this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday and what kind of implications that has on the playoff. But, yeah, as it sits right now, um, Georgia and Alabama, I just don't see Georgia winning that game. So I, I feel like they fall out. My one big gripe this past week is for UCF because they lost their starting quarterback, um, Mackenzie Milton, to a gruesome, gruesome leg injury. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, as good as they've been, the committee kind of takes everything into consideration. So I feel like they kind of lost out in their chance there. But I would have loved to seen UCF in the playoff. Not because, you know, I think maybe they should be there, but I just, all I need is one chance. And you can say, they play a good game in the playoffs. All right, they belong. Or they just get swept up and say, all right, you're never coming back. Like, this is a good experiment. It was a good run. But now, you know, every time UCF, they go undefeated again, it's like, well, what do we have to do? Give us our shot. Um, my one thing I would say, play better teams. You need to play. Right. You need to play a tougher non-conference schedule if you're going to play a bunch of cupcakes in whatever conference they're in. So that's my one thing about UCF. But I mean, after that, the rest of the teams in the college football landscape are more or less done for the national championship. So we'll get into bowl season soon, which is a an awesome time in college sports. Uh, there's bowl pools, a lot of betting going on. It's always interesting what teams are going to show up because. Bowl games essentially mean nothing, but it's always fun to see those games down the stretch. So we'll see what's going to happen, but we have a big Saturday coming up. Um, so, you know, don't forget about Ohio State Northwestern. Last game, we uh, haven't really talked about that much, but I think Ohio State takes the rise. I think they're just a more talented football team, and I do love Northwestern, but I just don't think they have enough juice to get by. Um, and I think our I think our final four is going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and my fourth team in is going to be Ohio State. I think Texas just, takes down Oklahoma. You're just crazy. I mean, Northwestern's obviously going to beat Ohio State, but before that point, it's going to remain what it is. It's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. Just poor Georgia falling off with that second loss. It's going to be what it is, UCF. I agree with you on the McKenzie-Milton thing. It's just unfortunate because that was the only argument they would have had, and they got what they needed in Michigan losing. Um, it'd be interesting to see, though, if Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Georgia all lost and UCF did beat Memphis to finish another completed season, what would happen there? Um, that that's would be a little, pretty That's some food for thought. That's it's not, interesting. It's not that. I mean, I would say for all those three teams to lose, a little far-fetched, but... I mean, Oklahoma losing would not surprise me. Georgia most likely will lose to Alabama. Um, and Ohio State, like, I was at Northwestern game at Ryan Field back in uh, 2002 when Northwestern took down Ohio State. Me and Matt Collada and my parents, we were there. Ohio State was the number two team in the country. He got taken down by the Wildcats. So anything can happen. Maybe, maybe UCF has a very, very outside shot to make it. But that'll all be decided by the committee when the time comes. And that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back after the break. 
to break down the NFL slate for week number 13. What's up? What's up, everybody? We just got some amazing breaking news here at the Sporting Edge studio. Randall Cobb just had a press conference saying these words, Aaron Rodgers, ready? And then Aaron Rodgers came out this week and explained how he's going to light everybody up. He broke down every game he has left, and I'm going to do that quickly for you here, Wits, because I don't want you to get into any conversation. What was that about 0 for 37? What was that? Or is that for another day? That was that'll be for later for me to argue. But we got Arizona this week, easy win against a rookie quarterback who will not make it in this league. Atlanta Falcons the week after that, we get them at home. We haven't been losing at home; we've only been losing on the road. And you want the Packers to get their first road win? Well, you'll get it three weeks from today. <laughs> the Bears host the Green Bay Packers in Soldier Field. The Bears have not won in five straight competitions. The Bears will sink back down to the low level they are when they play Aaron Rodgers. Because they know, Bears fans know, Mitch Trubinsky knows, Khalil Mack from Oakland knew that the Bears cannot get past the Packers, and they will not. And then we got the Jets and Lions to finish off the year. Call it a 96-1 and and a slip in the back door. Six seed to Super Bowl 2011 all over again. Give me the Green Bay Packers. Man, if that wasn't a Homer Packers fan, if I've ever heard one, but gotta love a guy who's got faith in his team, even when nobody else does. But uh, let's let's take a quick quick glance at that tweet from Ron Jaworski. Aaron Rodgers, zero and thirty-seven, while trailing by more than one one point going into the fourth quarter, versus teams with a winning record. Food, little food for thought there, Roz. Um, what do you think? Pull up Tom Brady and Drew Brees' record. I don't have their records, but... Right, okay. I think that was a statistic grabbed out of the hiney of somebody stuck up Colin Coward's ass, and that's a double hiney pull if you understood that. Um, So I don't give a crap. I think Aaron Rodgers is the man he is. He's a winner. You've seen him take it down the field to win. You saw that play against Dallas. uh, Apparently against a bunch of garbage teams. (laughs) That's what that tells me. All I have to ask is against Dallas when he brought them to win that game in the playoffs. Was that a losing team? That pass to Jared Cook that finished with the Mason Crosby field goal. Tell me that was a losing team. Hey, man, even Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. But I digress. Uh, we need to break down some of the action in Week 12. Um, I think it's time to finally, finally put the kibosh on the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and Jalen Ramsey. Now you're kiboshing them? It well, took you 12 weeks? It took me 12 weeks because... Jalen Ramsey again running his mouth, telling the Bills players mid-game that they suck. Meanwhile, the lowly Bills take out the Jags in what has just become worse than a train wreck of a season. Um, their words can't really describe. They they're giving up on Blake Bortles now. I mean, a team that went to the AFC Championship game for them to put out this kind of display for. 2018 in the NFL, it's it's abysmal. They should be sent. They should be relegated. To they should be relegated a. to the the Mexican Football League that they have in Mexico that they're starting up. I mean, Jacksonville should no longer be a part of the NFL, and Jalen Ramsey should have his mouth sewn shut. With the option for it to be 
unsown when he finally proves he can win and defend like he says he does. I know Josh Allen only won 8 of 19 for 160 yards. He did have the passing touchdown. He also ran for 99 yards and a touchdown. And if you wanted to call Josh Allen trash, you better have backed it up. And Jalen Ramsey did not do that. So, Jalen, mouth-closing time should begin now because we talked about over text. Richard Sherman, who was the king of talking trash, he did it. He did not allow completions. He helped that Seattle team beat some of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. And you're playing against guys like Josh Rosen, Andrew Luck, who is kind of back, and Deshaun Watson, a young kid who hasn't thrown for over 250 yards in four weeks, let alone thrown 20 passes in a game. What are you talking about, Jalen? How about you play against some of the top players, and when you do, you lose. So that's I'm totally against Jalen Ramsey now. I love the cornerback trash talk, but he sucks at it. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey needs to go. Um, I would say he's an honorary SNP member of this week. He's an honorary SNP member just because all the trash he talked, you would have thought that this freaking Jaguars team was the 1985 Bears. But moving on, the Cleveland Browns demolished the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, interesting shakeup at the end of the game between Captain Hugh and Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker's, Baker doesn't like Hugh Jackson very much. I think that is very apparent throughout this week. Um, his comments, and um, Hugh Jackson, this is just another low for him, getting destroyed by the team that he left, 35-20. Um, the Eagles keep their season alive against the New York Giants, who have still not figured out how to close a game here in 2018. Could have um, used the Giants win pretty heavy, but we'll, we'll bounce back. Could have, would have, should have. And... Roz, I know we've been back and forth on this guy, but you were throwing a lot of shade at him early this year. But how about Russell Wilson keeping the Seahawks You keep saying I'm throwing shade at Russell Wilson. You were throwing so much shade at Russell Wilson earlier this year. I was so high on this shade thing. First off, the Panthers blew that one because of Graham Gano's inability to kick field goals anymore. Two, Russell Wilson, I respect and have come out and said I think he's the best mobile quarterback I've ever seen because he's the smartest we've ever seen in terms of his ability to get down and avoid injuries. His ankle injuries come from sacks. They're not from his running. So I think Russell Wilson's great. I said he's missed the playoffs and looks like he might miss the playoffs again. What is a franchise quarterback if you're missing the playoffs? You can argue with me about Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl and only missed the playoffs on a year he didn't play. So that was I'm going to throw that one out of the window before you can do it. I think for, Russell Wilson can prove he's the franchise guy. An elite quarterback is where I was leading to. But we need to see a little bit more. We need to see him bring this team to the postseason in order for me to give him that potential elite status. Good win for them. They went on the road. They beat the Panthers. Cam Newton isn't a clutch quarterback. Like, tell me where he's proved that ever in his career. He hasn't. So, not a big shock. Yeah, I mean, if I remember correctly, the exact words out of your mouth earlier this year were, Russell Wilson, I got much shade for you. So we're going to turn back the clock a little bit, Russell Wilson. If you can find that exact quote, money on the board. Money on the board. We'll We'll have to rewind the tapes. I don't even know if they exist anymore. But taking a look around the rest of the league, Phillip Rivers had himself a career day. Um, 28 to 29 for 259 and three touchdowns against the lowly Cardinals. We had a big, big win for the Denver Broncos. Just when you thought they were done, they come back and beat the Steelers 24-17 at home. And we all know what happened in the Vikings-Packers game. The Packers decided to get on the bus after halftime, um, scored three points in the second half. And then Monday night, we had a pretty exciting game um, that started off looking like it was going to be a blowout one way, and the Texans ended up coming back 
34-17 victory for their eighth win in a row. Teams that started off 0-3 had, I think it was it was a less than 5% chance to make the playoffs. That was the Texans eight weeks ago. They are now 8-3, and looking like a team that is poised to take home the NFC South title. Roz, we look ahead to this week, um, Thursday night. We had a big matchup in Dallas between the Cowboys and the Saints. This Cowboys defense is for real. They absolutely held Drew Brees and company in check all night. Um, didn't score a point in the second half, but they didn't need to. They won the game 13-10. What were your thoughts on that one? Uh, Breeze is due for an off night every single year, and it yeah. happens. It usually happens twice, and this was happened to be one of them. It's not a really telling game, especially since the Cowboys didn't score in the second half, which was incredible to me. Um, their offense still stinks. It runs through Ezekiel Elliott and only Ezekiel Elliott, whether it's a check down or a run. Dak Prescott isn't impressive to me. He had one good run to establish himself as a strong man, but he did it for a 14-yard run to extend the game. Um, the Cowboys are a waste of my time. The Saints <laughs> had a bad game. That's all I have to say about this game. Fair I mean, Vander Ash and Jalen Smith, impressive. I would love those middle linebackers in Green Bay. But outside of that, this is a team that is lackluster, Got away with facing Drew Brees on an off night, which does happen. You want to scroll tapes? Scroll tapes because Drew Brees loves to have one of these dud of a games in your middle of your fantasy season. Yeah, right when you really need him the most. But we got about 20 seconds left, Roz, and I got two games I picked out in the NFL for you. Pick them straight up for me. Vikings, Patriots, who you got real quick? Patriots. Patriots. Vikings suck. Last game, Sunday night, 720. Don't miss it. Chargers going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Who you got? Easy money, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking the Chargers and the Vikings, so we're on opposite sides. That's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back next week with some college football playoff talk, and we'll be one week closer to the NFL playoffs, so stay tuned. Have a great weekend, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.